0: today on Walking in the Spirit, works, why do we need works? Are they even important in a Christian life? We're going to talk about that today and other things on the Walking in the Spirit series. Let's get going. Hey, folks, before we move on to today's message, let's talk about subscribing and liking our channels we would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to our channels leave a comment it really helps the algorithms we're on rumble we're on youtube we're on instagram we're on twitter we're on facebook go and find us the gay church louis d sienna like subscribe come and join us we love you this this sunday okay this sunday december 10th at 5 p.m we're going to be at unf for our encounter night we're there on sunday mornings but this Sunday night, we're going to be there for an encounter night where we do more of the supernatural, praying for the sick, miracles, teaching spirits, more spiritual training stuff at night. We'd love for you to join us. You're welcome to come. We do not broadcast it on the Internet. We do it for so we can stay focused with the people right in front of us. So come and join us. It's going to be a wonderful time. I'd love to see you there. Now let's get back to our previously scheduled message. Look, we're going to actually discover what the Word of God says about our works. Are we saved by them? Are they important? Are they necessary? These are the questions a lot of Christians ask today, and I hear so many different answers that none of them seem to come right out of the Word of God itself. Now, I want to tell you, and we're going to start with this, we are not saved by works at all. That's just the way it is. We need to understand that. If we understand how we're saved, then we got to ask the question where do works come into the Christian walk? So let's start with our salvation, which is only found in faith. Now, a lot of people think it's found in love. That is wrong. They think it's found in grace. That's partly right and partly wrong. And we're going to take it right out of the Word of God so we understand it. You are not saved by grace. And that's going to shock a lot of people on this podcast if they hear this. You are saved by faith in Jesus Christ, which allows the grace of God afforded to you by his sacrifice and his resurrection to be applied to your life. You are not saved by grace alone. If it was grace alone, then everybody would be saved. But that is not what Scripture tells us. In Ephesians, it says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Ephesians 2.8. We're going to come back to this Scripture, but let's just read a little farther. And that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any one should boast. Works do not participate in your salvation. That's important to understand because many people get confused about this. They're trying to work their way to heaven. It does not work that way. You get to salvation through faith. Uh, uh, You know, one of my favorite scriptures that really just kind of gives you the contrast here, the point counterpoint, is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. And it says this, For indeed the gospel which was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. That's such a powerful statement. In other words, two people could hear the word of salvation, of Jesus Christ dying for your sins, believing on him for your salvation. One person benefits, the other one doesn't. What's the difference? Faith. Faith one says yes i receive that the other one denies it they don't receive it grace was available for both but only one had the benefit and i always try to tell people this the the word of god uh which is what you're born again by first peter says we are born again by the uh incorruptible seed the word of god when we put faith in what we hear all right so so here here's what i try to tell people it's like a two-part epoxy if you ever worked with epoxy you have two parts and you have to mix them to activate it otherwise it won't harden and so it's a very good you see sometimes people making like epoxy tables i love youtube channels that have like you know part wood part epoxy tables. i think that just look beautiful you know you use epoxy to to patch up holes you use epoxy in concrete but it has to be mixed It has to be mixed. And what's interesting, you only have a short time to get that thing applied. In other words, Jesus even said this, that sometimes seed falls upon the sidewalk, by the wayside, and the birds of the air come and get it. It wasn't mixed with faith, and what happens is they immediately lose it. Okay, The Word of God uh, doesn't have a shelf life, but it can have a shelf life in you in the sense of you might Lose your opportunity to put your faith in it because you stop believing in it. The longer you might wait could cause uh, you talking yourself out believing what God said. All right. So faith is how we're saved. It's not of works. In other words, we believe this is okay. if, If you're not a believer, this is how someone gets eternal life. They believe that Jesus was the son of God. Okay. They believe that he died for their sins. He was resurrected and this was all according to the scriptures, and they put faith in his eternal redemptive sacrifice, him paying the price for our sins, they put their total faith in that, and they give up their life for his life. They go, Lord, your life, your Your, your will, not my will. I'm gonna give you my life. By the way, Jesus says, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it, but if you lose your life for his sake, if you'll give your life over to him, You'll have eternal life he says the moment you believe you have eternal life this is the great thing about christianity that tops judaism and every other religion and that's this listen to me that's this you know the moment you believed in jesus that you're saved and it, it, it death has no longer a sting on you where all the other ones you have to wait because all the other ones are based on your works whether it be islam whether it be buddhist whether whether it be judaism See, you go, why was Christianity different than Judaism? Because Christianity was always, listen, was always the intention. The law was given because of the transgression at the mountain of Sinai, Sinai, where the Jews would not come up. And then when Moses went up and came back down, they were in all sorts of perversion. They had made a false god. And God said, you know what? I'm going to have to... Put them in this, this um, thing called the law, the laws of rituals, the laws of, um, of, of ceremony. Uh, I'm going to keep them in these laws. Because they if I don't, they're not gonna last long enough for Jesus to be born. Because Jesus is in the future in God's plan. He of course God could have had Jesus born right then, but he didn't. He had a plan of the prophets coming forth. And he always he always wanted Israel to be uh by the way, Israel is what we've been grafted into, the true Israel of God, the The New Jerusalem, which is in heaven, which is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male, female, rich, poor. We're all one in Christ. Why do do Jews have trouble? Because they keep trying to put a new wine into an old wineskin, the law. And new wine does not fit in an old wine skin. Matter of fact, if you try to, Jesus said, you will say of the you'll say the old wine is better. And that's what happens to modern day or even the Jews of Jesus' day who rejected him. They wanted what was familiar. They wanted what they were used to tasting. They they wanted to continue to earn their salvation, which you cannot earn your salvation. It is evident that no one is justified under the law. Okay. Now, but do works matter? Does it is it important for you and I to actually have works? And what's the importance? What's the significance of works? Well, the significance of works is they are a witness. They are a testimony. They are evidence of your faith. Let's look at James chapter 2 verse, Uh, 14. We're going to start there. It's a great passage of James dealing with this, and let's talk about what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now, this is what he's saying. Look, faith can save him, but he's not talking about works of ritual stuff. He says, you know, by the way, we're going to get back to that scripture in Ephesians, so wait. We're going to get back there. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute in daily food, And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body. What does it profit? In other words, faith, our faith in Jesus, should result in an inward and an outward manifestation of our relationship. See, one of the evidences of me and my wife's relationship is our faithfulness to each other. saying I love her. By the way, it's it's a month away, month and a half, about six weeks away. We're at our 36th wedding anniversary. It'll be 37. January 21st is 37 years from the moment I beheld her and looked at her and went, oh my God. And a year and two days later, January 23rd, 1988, we said our I do's and we're married. In a wonderful ceremony in Augusta, Georgia, by Reverend Ryan Seawright. Ryan Seawright was about 6'4", a uh, Southern Methodist preacher, just a great guy, uh, just a lot of fun. He's most likely with the Lord now. He was old then, and I'm sure he's with Jesus now. But what a wonderful minister, and what a, what a blessing, um, you know, Uh, to have them there. Our parents were there. Our friends and family were there. And you know what? It's been, I remember, I remember, I remember this. I want to tell you this. I remember sitting in a room on the side before we walked out. It was cold in this room. Uh, It was January wedding and it was in Augusta, but we were, we were getting married in the upstairs sanctuary. They had a downstairs one. They had this upstairs one, which had all these, if you ever see our wedding pictures, had all these brass, you know um oregon pipes behind us it was just a beautiful backdrop but it was a little chilly in that room that morning and um, i i remember sitting there and having this thought before i walked out man this is this is for life i'm saying yes for life i wasn't frightened but i wasn't like oh i'm going to run it was man this is such a i, I, I want to marry this woman for the rest of my i want to be with her the rest of my life and i was more than willing to say the I do's. And then we walked out and, you know, we did the procession and all that stuff. And when we walked out and then all the bridesmaids, bridegrooms, all our friends came in. But then my wife turned the corner in that dress. My my sister said, I've never seen a man look at his wife that way. I was in awe. I couldn't believe what was happening. I was not saved. I was not saved. And, um, you know, I came out of a background where my father had, um, had an affair with my, you know, uh, with someone for 10 years. And I hated that. I didn't want to be that, but I just knew this was for life. I was, I was like, this isn't temporary. This is for life. And the works that should come out of that is love. Now, by the way, I had to learn how to love my wife. I had to learn how to show and then I got saved about almost um two years. As a matter of fact, December fourth, just this week, uh it's been thirty four years and I gave my life to Jesus. And my whole life changed at that moment where Man, I I where i didn't read the word well i was reading the word but now i was studying the word and i was in it day and night and i was listening i was taking notes in church and i was I, I wanted to be there and where before i was going but i didn't know what i was going for here i was now there and i had a purpose and and i i just fell in love with jesus and i fell in love with his word and about eight months later my wife uh rededicated her life to christ and i asked her why did you feel you needed to do that you know You know, we weren't, when she met me, she wasn't living for Jesus. She wasn't walking it out. And she said, I saw how real Jesus became to you and the way you have walked it out. And it just made me realize I need to rededicate my walk with him. You know, that's works. By the way, that's part of our works. What do you mean? Well, when you do what Christ asks of us, number one, and we're going to get to that too. But when we when we are changed, see, if I sit there and say I came to Jesus, and it doesn't matter how I live, that is a false gospel and a false Jesus. Okay, it does matter. Why? Because one of the conflicts, they, one of one of the things, like, um, there's a couple big people who walked away from Christianity because they go the church is a mess. No one's walking out what they believe. Okay, no one's walking out in character in love. So he says this. He says, "Um, thus, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. In other words, it's useless. That's what the word means there. It's useless if no one can see it. They got to see it. There's got to be some kind of manifestation. Jesus would sit there, and when people got healed, how do they know they were healed? The manifestation. How do we know that we have come to Jesus and be forgiven? There's a manifestation. Yes, it's inside of us, but the inside should flow to the outside and it should be evident. It was evident to my wife. It was evident to the people around me that something happened to Lewis. It wasn't, it wasn't like, and some of them were like, you know, I had given my life to Jesus, but this was different. This was really different. Uh, But someone will say. You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to but do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? In other words, he believed. 25, 35 years earlier it's about 35, 40 years earlier, he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. 40 years later, he has tested whether or not he really trusts God, offering up Isaac, and he's justified because now God knows. Now God knows that what you said 40 years ago, Abraham, that you believe me and you trust me, now I know. And we can get into a whole topic about that. Faith without works is a very dangerous kind of faith. When we think it doesn't matter what we do or how we walk it out. That's a very big problem and it's one that I see a lot of people trying to excuse. Okay, so let's 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 contrast good versus evil in our works. What would come out of us? Paul says this in Galatians 5:16. He says I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not know you do not do the things you that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the spirit, listen, if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. He didn't sit there and say, if you believe in Jesus, you're not under the law. No. Words matter. Words matter in Scripture. And and we we have to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, Jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, robberies, and the like, of which I tell you before, and just I have told you in times past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And boy, folks, there's a lot of stuff in there. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff in there. The first Four um, really have to do with sexual immorality. Okay. Um, but let's go, let's go on. But he says this: But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one one another, envying one another. Let Let me say this, works matter. Works are not in the way in which you are saved, but they are the evidence that an encounter happened with God at the cross of His Son, Jesus Christ. That you have given your life to him, and they are a testimony to others that you have now turned over your life to Christ. If if I'm if I'm a Christian and I'm hanging out in bars and strip clubs and everything, you have a right to question my walk. Why wouldn't you? Is that a place for, now? Forget that I'm a minister. Is that a place where you and I? If I'm if I'm sitting at home, and me and my wife are doing you know or watching lewd acts, we don't do this stuff. Why? Because it's evil on the side of God. I want to walk out my life in front of people in such a way that if they don't even know me, look here's something that I'll kind of keep on the down low. I I have to go to some dinners once in a while, some formal dinners. And it's amazing because I don't drink. Now, I do not drink. Listen to me. I do not drink because I think having a beer or a glass of wine is sin. I don't. I don't drink because when I was 19, right before my 19th birthday, I got really drunk with my brother. And I decided to wait. And I didn't remember the night. I decided it's a waste of money. And I was an air traffic controller in the Navy. I was only 18. And I recognized that I might not be mature enough to handle the drinking and the pressures of... My young military life and my job, and I decided to give up drinking. Never, never really cared for it that much, anyways. But I gave up drinking. My father would get mad at me because now I'm a Christian, and you know we're you know we'd go out and we'd sit down. We would sit at the bar. He you know before we'd go out to dinner. You know, sometimes you'd sit at the bar waiting for a table, and we'd order a drink and I order a drink. I'd always order a coke, and my dad would go to me. Um why don't you just have a drink with me? And I go, I am having a drink with you. And he goes, you know what I mean? I said, dad, why does alcohol in my glass make it a drink? And the reason was, is my dad felt I wasn't drinking because I was a Christian. And of course, he felt that was convicting him. And I said, dad, number one, I'm not drinking because of that. I really, after and this is about like seven, eight, I mean, I'm 25, 27, something like that. Well, I was a Christian, so we're talking. I stopped drinking six and a half years or so before I became a Christian. Okay? Something like that. I'd have to do the math. Might be five and a half, whatever. And <clears throat> so it wasn't that. But but now that I was a Christian and my dad would, and I said, Dad, I don't drink because I literally no longer have a taste for alcohol. Like, I, I I couldn't tell you what's a good wine. Like today, it's been, that was 19, <laughs> if you give away my age. This April, coming up, I have a great memory on dates. April 11th, by the way. Uh, coming up in 2024 will be 40 years uh, from that night. And I have no taste for alcohol. So we go to these things. I'm like, I'll just have a Diet Coke. And they go, oh, you don't drink. I say, And they know I'm a minister. And they go, they're all like uncomfortable. I said, no, I. they go, do you not drink because you're a christian i said no i tell him the truth i said no i don't drink because i was an air traffic controller and i was very young and i just recognized i might it wasn't because i thought i was so mature it's because i actually knew i was immature like i wasn't ready to handle two things like that and i chose air traffic control because i'm one of those people who takes immense responsibility as part of my personality so you know i felt it was my job to you know, dude, that it was a very intense job. You know, I had emergencies. Uh, I was 19. I had an aircraft coming in, a Boeing 747 with a bomb threat on board. So, you know, you have immense responsibilities. And I saw the drinking that went around. You know, with other controllers, and they come into work hungover. I just decided that wasn't a good life for me, so I wasn't going to do that. And uh, I didn't like it that much either. So it was something real easy. <laughs> you know, but I'm also cheap. And I'll tell you this part: like, I like a good cigar. I really do. Good cigars are good cigar. My dad smokes cigars. I'll have one maybe once every seven years. And my dad goes, why don't you smoke cigars? And I go, God, I'm too cheap to buy a good cigar. Like, you can buy cheap ones, but I don't want to do anything on of cheap. And I'm just too I'm too cheap. I, I'd rather give, you know, I, I, I'm not cheap in the sense I'm not generous. I just don't like wasting money on cigars. So that's just me. Um, and people go, well, you can get my, my father in the Lord, Randy Letcher smoke cigars. And so I would go to him. I would go with him to cigar clubs and sit down with him once while I'd have a cigar. But matter of fact, because I was like his right hand guy and would always be traveling with him, I actually bought a cigar lighter and a cigar clipper and put it in my pocket. So whenever he needed one, he didn't have to search for one. I just was able to pull one out because I was serving and I still have those things, but I don't, I don't need them. Like I, I just don't have any desire for those things. And I'm not saying if you do something's wrong, I I just don't, I, I just, you know, when you don't drink alcohol, uh, for most of your life, it's not like I, I don't find any, I know there's people who love wine. I wouldn't even tell you what's, a, I couldn't even tell you what's a good tasting wine. Cause I haven't tasted wine. I never was a wine drinker. I was a Jack Daniels drinker back in the day. And, um, uh, uh, me and Jack broke up. He was very sad. But I didn't drink a lot because I and then, you know, in the Navy, I became the designated driver for all my friends. I always became the driver. And I really liked that because um, not dying was a really good thing, you know, for drunk driving. So that was a really good thing. And, you know, people don't understand the Navy life when you're young. People are finally they're young and they're away from the house. And and back then the drinking age was 18 when I was nineteen, I think it went to twenty one, but you were grandfathered in. So, um, you know, you were still allowed still allowed to drink. You were still legal because you were already legal. And they didn't take it away from you. But, um, you know, it's really young. It's I, I can remember thinking, man, i'm I don't know if I can handle this. and um but that's why. Our works matter because people are watching. And Andrew Tate left the Christian faith. he says, Because no one in the Christian faith that he was around was disciplined. They were all just doing whatever they wanted to do. And they were all living sinful lives. I don't know, you know, Tate and um, his life. and You know, he seems a little screwed up. Um, And, you know, if you could go, by the way, if you can go from Christian to Islam, you're not a Christian. Like you probably never were, to be honest with you. If Christian, because Christianity sounds to me that was more of a discipline than it was a faith in Christ. When it's a faith in Christ, I don't care what anyone else does, to be honest with you. Like ministers falling does not shake me because Jesus hasn't fallen. I'm sad when ministers fall, but I don't put my faith in ministers. I put my faith in Christ. And so f- works do matter. They just don't matter, they don't count on the front end, they count on the back end of coming to the cross. They count as when you because you're gonna by the way, all your works are gonna be judged. By the way, there's works of the spirit and there's the work of the spirit. Let me let me explain. The works of the spirit are healings, miracles, prophecies, blah, blah, blah. The work of the spirit, okay, the work uh uh by the spirit is is that work through you that brings you divine character and grace in your life? That you now walk out with the character. So the fruit of the spirit is the spirit working through you. You have to agree, you have to surrender, you have to pray things like God help me love people, God help me have the joy, God help me. You got to pray. Okay, but that's the inward things. And then you're you do the same things, the spirit moving through you when you're praying for the sick when you're prophesying as the spirit leads okay first corinthians or second corinthians 7 talks about the gifts of the spirit or is it 12? 12 12 first corinthians 12 i'm sorry first corinthians 12 talks about uh the works of the you know the, the how the spirit works through us we should read that not right now we're not going to um but it's it, it's important that you do uh read it because um, Paul doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning the Spirit and all that stuff. All right, so that's what matters. And so when people say works do not matter, they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. God does not expect an unbeliever to bear the fruit of the Spirit. He does. Listen, those who are led by the Spirit are not under the law. You have to be under spirit. The Bible says those who look at, let's look at one more verse. I wasn't going to do this. Look at Romans, Romans chapter eight. It's one of my wonderful scriptures. Uh, uh not, not that I wrote it. I mean, I wish I did, but wouldn't it be great to, I mean, think about Paul. Paul didn't copyright this enough, but okay. Listen to this. For the law of the spirit, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh okay but according to the spirit the reason Christians suffer condemnation as Christians it's not the devil it's the flesh you're walking according to the flesh you are you know you are you know you're doing the things you shouldn't do and this is bringing conviction and condemnation in your own heart for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had has made us has made me free from the law of sin and death let me explain that again it is vitally important for you and I okay to walk in the spirit and to be free from those things amen Amen. 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 I love you. I love you. Love you bunches. Hope you have an amazing day. It's almost Christmas, one of my favorite times of year. Not because of Jesus' birthday, because my daughter is a Christmas baby. And uh I love my daughter. But I do love Jesus too. But Jesus is actually born at a different time of year. But we won't talk about that here because I will upset a lot of people. Um, but hallelujah, glory. It's a wonderful time where the world starts thinking about Jesus. And um, hopefully, maybe this year, they'll think a little harder. But here, people are watching us. So allow, be led by the Spirit, and allow the Spirit to work through you to bear the fruit necessary in the kingdom. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.